You there, you there, sir. You look like you're looking for a particular piece of jewelry. Am I right? Uh, yeah. I mean, I was just browsing, but um, you know, I want to pick out something real nice for my girlfriend. Ah, uh, quite so. Well, I would be happy to recommend any piece of jewelry that might catch your eye. Is there anything in particular that stands out? Ooh, uh, this uh, this pink one. It's really really shiny. It'll match her hair. She got this this new dye job. Uh, oh no, no, no! You don't want that one. No, certainly not. Well, should I show you a picture of her? Or? That's that's a bit of a misfit in, as far as jewelry goes. No, what I want what I want you to look at is this. Ooh, that's that's pretty. It's very pretty. This piece of jewelry is so exceptional that it has its own name, and I call it gem. Hmm. Yeah. No. That I mean, it looks really nice, but I'm looking for something with a little bit more nice. synergy. No, this gem is truly outrageous. Truly. Truly, truly, truly outrageous. You really want this gem. Um, I mean, I, I, can I just look around for a little bit longer? Uh, you know, I, these can be pretty expensive. I want to make sure I get just the right one. Listen here, lad. Come in close. Okay. Now, picture yourself with this girl on a beautiful beach, mm. watching over the sunset. Golly gee. You've got everything you want. Adventure, excitement, glamour and glitter, fashion and fame. I like most of those. What do her ears say? They say gem. Gem? Gem. Gem. No other name can fit. No one else is the same. This gem. This gem. Gem is its name. Now tell me, when you see yourself in this sunset, presenting her with this exquisite piece of jewelry, what does your heart say? Ooh. Ooh. By golly, I'll take it. Okay, I, I, yeah, we're fine. <laughs> Thanks, uh, oh, what was the guy's name in 13 Ghosts? Um, Jeeves? No, Vincent no, Van Vincent Gool. Thanks, Mr. Van Gool. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> it was no trouble at all. <laughs> Little does no he know. <laughs> to help you out. You and your pesky dog. You and your pesky dog, love. She'll love you, but she won't ever love the real you. <laughs> Not until you put the ghosts back in that box, that infernal chest. What? <laughs> what did I just see that had Vincent Price in it? Um, I can't remember. Zane, I can't. I can't remember. He was all over the place, wasn't he? No, he no, was. I, I just. I think I, I know what you're talking about. I watched something recently that had him. I, I just can't remember what it was. Hmm. Oh yeah, the Defenders. That's defenders. right. Defenders. Showed up as the uh, main antagonist in the Netflix show The Defenders. Oh, not the not Defenders of the Earth. Defenders. No, no, not Defenders of the Earth. Oh, also not what I said. <laughs> Defenders is real bad, Zane. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, I know that. Yeah. Zane, are you ready to start? Yes, sir. All right. Welcome, everyone. My name is Ben. Ben is excitement, ooh, Ben. Ben is <laughs> ben. adventure, ooh. <laughs> and I'm saying. Fashion and glitter, fortune and fame. That, that, that song, man. Did you listen to uh, the third season song? Oh, no, I only saw the first two season song, which is the same song. Real garbage compared to this one. Me and my friends are jam. 
This is the Carton Cast, uh, where we watch old cartoons and see what we think of them as adults. And today, we are watching Gem and the Holograms. We are Carton Cast. Our shows are cartoons. Carton Cast, <laughs> Carton Cast, and we're gonna tell you. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, yes. Zane, uh, who, I believe this was recommended to us. Yes, uh, a fan of ours, Jessica, uh, recommended Gem and the Holograms. Big fan, apparently. Yeah, does she have anything to say about it? Uh... I sent her a message a week ago asking if she had a comment. Apparently, the message did not go through. Ooh, that's rough. Ooh, that's rough. Ooh, that's okay. I might write her again and ask her, and we can like just try and put something in real quick. If you want to. Uh, if not, you know, Jessica, if you did have a comment, feel free to send it in. We'll just read it during <laughs> Yogi Bear or something. <laughs> totally you, weren't, you weren't going to uh, talk about I, that. <laughs> I do want to thank Jessica. For, telling, for showing me this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this glorious piece. God damn. <laughs> We're both in agreement here. This is This is absolute This is absolute gold. This is something special. It's very good. So uh Zane, tell me about this show. Yeah, so Gem and the Holograms ran from nineteen eighty five to nineteen eighty eight, and it shows. Um it was <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it was produced Although by... not as bad as you might expect. At least in the first season. It was produced by Hasbro, Sunbow, and Marvel, all of which are known for massive toy product tie-ins, um, CGI Joe. Uh, and actually, the line of dolls affiliated with this show came first, and they uh, hired Christy Marks to make the feel to, uh, to make the show feel like it could fit the desired toy line, uh, creating yeah, personalities, was, relationships, etc. I was uh, I was reading into it a little bit, and uh, you know, it was it was marketed as like a as a all-female kind of rock band um, marketing strategy. And apparently Barbie had a line coming out that was kind of similar to it at the same time. Mm -hmm. So there was a bit of healthy competition between the two. Um, I, I don't really know what about the zeitgeist made this a pop like a good show <laughs> like I, <laughs> I was watching it and I kind of didn't understand where the appeal came from in that era because I remember the popular shows being G.I. Joe and He-Man and Thundercats, etc. Very, very heavily marketed toward young uh, young boys. Yeah. Um, so, and, you know, I, I didn't kind of know where this came from. So Christy Marks, the main writer, uh, also did work on things like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Conan, ElfQuest, uh, that sort of thing. Um, but this is, like, I consider this far better than a lot of those, but for some reason it's a lot less iconic. Yeah, and uh, I think that's just... I think that that reflects the demographic concerns of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it was very popular with, uh, you know, girls back then, and pretty obviously not with guys. Um, I uh, actually, so Ethan was over here yesterday, my boyfriend, and uh, he is a trans guy, and when he was a little girl, he would watch Gem and the Holograms pretty extensively. And oh, really? warned me, yeah, he, he, I was actually watching it while he was here, and he, <laughs> he like, looked over, and he's like, is that fucking Gem in the Holograms? <laughs> like, oh, I've been found out. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> my dark so, secrets. <laughs> no, like, he heard it through my headphones, and that jingle was just so ingrained in his head that he, like, picked up on it. Um, That's amazing. And he has warned me, he has threatened me with bodily harm if I don't do it justice. Well, well. <laughs> that, that's not actually true, but... <laughs> Like, this was pretty influential for him, both as somebody who would later become a metalhead and as somebody, you know, who wanted, you know, strong female characters. Yeah. Like, with their own personalities and motivations and goals. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah. um, you, you and, know, there uh, have been things that have done that in the past. Like Josie and the Pussycats, I guess, is kind of a minor degree, but that was much more shenanigan based humor or based uh based storytelling yeah the, you know, the very scooby-doo the characters are stronger and more in control in this one i think as you had said it, it very much resembles a soap opera at times <laughs> um and yeah you can't and do if, that unless your characters are strong and if you want to help smash the patriarchy you can uh, check out fancy bad our new group website uh, <laughs> <laughs> smash the patriarchy maybe that's the subtitle um but yeah, so the show was put out in DVD form and on TV in 2011, um, just sort of a resurgence, um, and it's now available on Netflix, which is where I watched it. Yes, uh, and the highly acclaimed, perfectly well-accepted and faithful movie, uh, Gem and the Holograms, in 2015. Live-action movie. Live-action movie met with uh, worldwide acclaim, and I believe actually won Emmys two years in a row for the same thing. These are my favorite sentences from the Wikipedia summary. <laughs> Go Chris, for it. Christy Marks was not involved in any part of the film's production. <laughs> and, Someone is very defensive about the film existing. And the film's musical producer drew influence from his work on the career of Justin Bieber. I uh, <laughs> I looked into the film a little bit, which, you know... It's pretty damning. In case, one, in case any of you don't have a, like a sarcasm detector, it was real bad, really poorly received. <laughs> And uh, some people owed it to the fact that the Misfits weren't in it, which I thought was very interesting. <laughs> yeah, they're not, they're nobody's favorites. Ooh, Zane, uh, uh, Ethan disagrees. Really? I was, yeah, I was talking to him about it. He's like, the Misfits were like the best part of that show. Oh. And it's really cool that the show builds up around this kind of all-girl rock band rivalry between two different rock band kind of iconography in that decade. They were so um, '80s villain to me. I couldn't. I couldn't look past the just like. That, well, that's the point. We'll you know, get you, uh, Captain Planet. It's a little bit '80s villain, sure. It's not without its subtlety, though. Like, there's that one band member who's kind of on Jem's side, even though she doesn't want to betray her, her teammates or whatever. But more than that, it also reflects a schism in kind of musical uh, tastes at the time. Yeah, yeah. So, so the Misfits were going kind of for a for a heavier. Uh, almost metal sort of a uh, sort of sort of hard rock um, uh, ele- and electronic act- and synthesis uh, th- synthesizer a lot like they literally they soulless ex- yeah if, if anyone wants like a real world counterpart they are very similar to the band uh at least in aesthetic to the to the all-girl uh hard rock band from the 80s known as vixen um and if you hmm. just go and look at like a shot of all of them standing together like it's spot on They, they're nothing like the actual band, The Misfits, uh, which predates the show and sounds nothing like this. Right, and uh, whereas they are kind of hard rock and um, more veering it toward metal, uh, Gem and the Holograms is very much pop rock and a little bit more upbeat and less, a little bit less harsh, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And that is where my musical inclinations end. Guys, I don't understand music. I'm just guessing at a lot of this stuff. But I was able to recognize that, like, there is, you know, there is some reflection in the uh, 
in the bands kind of vying for supremacy in yeah. the in the era in which they were debuting. Yeah, there was a clear difference in style there, even if you don't know the different genres as well. Yeah, and that comes through really obviously because of all the musical interludes that happened during the uh, during the show. Yeah, so this this show is basically about a um, a band, Gem and the Holograms, with their leader Gem actually being like an alter ego person who. Um, is kind of generated by a hologram based, you know, from their robot servant that was made by their dead dad. It's okay. Um, yeah, it's it's about as complicated as you can get for a show that is trying to be so down to earth. More, more than it needs to be. Um, it's got like these weird sci-fi elements that remind me of Defenders of the Earth. But the like the day to day aspect, the episode to episode thing is mostly like being in this pop band and uh you know negotiating the business of it the interpersonal drama advertising all that stuff um but in the middle there in every episode there are three original musical pieces um yeah which by, I by think contract is one they had too many to. it's so my big <laughs> problem for with me. them is that they're each like like it's all hook mm-hmm. um so you'll get all hook and no substance all hook and no play Makes Jack uh, eaten by a crocodile. Make, makes Jem a different person. Captain Hook. Um, yeah, so you'll you know you'll watch it, and then they'll just sort of phase into another dimension filled with colors and shapes. Yeah, it's an iPod ad. As as they sing about whatever they're talking about in in very emotional terms. Um, I no, it's, generally... it's very eighties uh, music video. It's yeah. very much like they're in a place that they shouldn't be, and there's stuff going on, and they're getting the better of authority figures, and then cuts to them playing instruments. I I generally like these. I don't know if it's always like that. There's one too many. I just think you know when you have that many songs, they're not all going to hit well. I thought that there should only be one per band per episode. I think having two of them is just a little bit stale. Mm. Like. As much as Gem, uh, Gem's band has like generally very good music, like it's not, it's not necessarily earwormy, but it is non-objectionable to listen to. Hearing right. two of the song in the same, this like a similar style with a similar message, just very samey. Yeah, and and we'll get into the details of of what we thought about those. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, should we get into you know the characters of this? Uh. I, get, I, I think we need to set up the plot a very small amount. Okay. Because parts of it are confusing. <laughs> so um, Yes. So so this show, like Gargoyles, has a five-episode intro arc. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> it super does, because it's all leading up to this battle of the bands where they gain to... Where they basically earn back their I mean, dad's company or that's something. That's just the first arc, though. Like, they, they are constantly... It's all very ...gearing episodic. up for a battle of the bands of sorts. Mm-hmm. Like, it's never... It's it. They're never not getting ready to fight the misfits somehow, right? Uh, but the basic plot of it is that Jem's father dies, which is you know heavy '80s cartoons. I love that they do this. I love that they don't shy away from death. And uh, she and this weird, like, mustache twirling idiot Eric Raymond, who I actually like a lot for some reason. Well, because he's voiced by Charlie Adler. He's so good. They uh they are kind of vying for supremacy for the company and the, the uh, Starlight Records, which is a music recording company that her father had. And the way that Jem, uh, her actual name is Jerica, the way that she decides to get it is to bet, uh, mm, bet Eric right. that she can come up with a better rock band than he can 
he goes with the Misfits, who are well known and kind of don't mind playing below, like hitting below the belt as far as competition goes. And Jerrica finds <laughs> finds this alternate dimension esque, like weird, like Zordon computer hologram system that gives them a bunch of outfits, an alternate persona, and a car. Yeah. <laughs> Thank so you. this this thing is called Synergy. It was invented Synergy! by her dad to like protect them after he after he passed. How um, how did he do this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That mm. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is like Metalocalypse levels of wealth and, you know, scientific investment. There's no way he has this technology. This is so absurd. And this is this is why I I had thought before I watched it, you know, oh, is this like you know, there's like a space girl band version of Jabberjaw. Um, no. <laughs> and it's not. It's No, it's not. There's, there's very little sci-fi except for this one thing where she can communicate through an earpiece to just look like whatever she needs to. <laughs> and that that is, I think, fantastic. Like, I, I wouldn't... I like how it's just... A li- it gives them a very slight technological edge being able to project holograms. She doesn't abuse it. She yeah. just uses it to even the playing field when the misfits go yeah, and try to Yeah, she does not use it that much. Yeah. Uh, usually what she does is she uses it to switch between those personas of Jerrica and Jem. Um, mm-hmm. Her bandmates slash, you know, sisters, foster sisters, what what have you, also transform, but they're, like, they go by the same name, so I wasn't quite sure, like, how people don't figure out who Jem is. Uh, because no one cares about the other members of the band, including me. <laughs> including the show. Yeah, uh, as I they, understand, don't, they don't get any screen time, which is, you know, that's fine. They're, they're not really the point. As I understand, there's a comic book where they are fleshed out a bit more and given more distinct personalities. Yeah, I could see that going either way. Um, as, as I mean, as the show proclaims, Jem is truly outrageous, and the others are, uh, by extension, not. Um, I, I enjoyed watching Kimber, her, her sister. Kimber gets more screen time, certainly. Uh, the other two are kind of just filler. Yeah, and then there's a third one that comes in in the second season, a, th- a fifth one. Yeah, I, I didn't really pay too much attention to uh, the continuity here. Yeah. Uh, I, I only watched a few episodes. It, th- I think this show is kind of not for me in a lot of ways, so even though I enjoyed it, I didn't feel the need to mm-hmm. you know, pig out. Um, and then in the third season, there's a new band, The Stingers, who are... Um, the Misfits 2.0, as far as I could tell. Yeah, a little bit. They, they're like, they're greedy bastards, and they have sort of superpowers, like incredibly good powers of persuasion or or like thievery uh Hmm. they add a new dynamic it's kind of weird to just see these like golden gods with this huge crotch bulge like i'm looking at david bowie and labyrinth Um, (laughs) like that's the vibe it gave off (laughs) yeah weird weird but gratifying yeah like i don't know why my life suddenly makes sense when i'm looking at that bulge but i know it does (laughs) everything's right with the world uh, I recently started reading this graphic novel, which is sort of relevant to today's discussion, I think. Um, it's called Beauty. Have you ever heard of this? Uh, no. Wait, is it called Beauty? I think it's called Beauty. Um, and it's about this sexually transmitted disease that has run rampant through the world. And the side effects are you have a low-grade fever and you are impossibly beautiful. So it's like a sexually transmitted disease that people go out of their way to contract. That's interesting. It's very interesting, and the way that it articulates on the page is that everybody who has the beauty virus, which they're all referred to as beauties, are just subtly glowing all time. Hmm. Uh, like, all the time. Like, there's, like, a ton of drab normal people, like, noir-setting detectives and shit, and then these bowies <laughs> are just constantly walking around, bulging out. 
But then it gives them a little bit of a fever, too. But then they're also kind of hot. Oh, I get it. I mean, no, you don't, but that's okay. <laughs> no, I, It's actually it, very good. I enjoy it. It's a pun. <laughs> oh, it's a pun, though. What's, what's the central, like, drama there? Um, basically, oh, so the central drama comes in when a beauty suddenly explodes on the subway and no one knows why. And then it starts happening to a bunch of beauties. I, I think I know why. It's because of the virus, you think? <laughs> yeah, I think it could be related to the virus. It's so funny. There's a cover-up initially. It's like, no, this was an isolated incident, and then some, then a beauty explodes on live TV, and they're like, oh, okay, I guess I guess this is kind of out of our hands. <laughs> we might want to do something about this. Yeah, let, we're, we're going to transition into cleanup now. <laughs> In any case, uh, getting back to Jem. Yeah. Uh, so do you want to talk about these two sides of her, these two alter egos, I guess? Yeah, so... So Jerrica, uh, the girl, is a... She she runs a foster agency. Did you figure out what this was, precisely? So it's just like this foster home that's uh, funded by the Starlight Industries, and they just take For in... For wayward girls. They, they take in girls who, who need, a, need a home. You know, Which set, I set thought a good was example. so cool. Yeah. That's so awesome. Because a lot of times when you get heroes who are wealthy, you forget to, like, have them do something good with that wealth. Uh, yeah. Here it's just like consistent, like okay, even if even if the personal drama and the you know the band stuff takes up a huge amount of her time, you know she's already doing a lot of good public, you know public good. Yeah, it's like Alfred comes in, he's like Master Wayne, you really need to like you you really need to like support these youth groups. You know you you promise the money, you got to get on that. He's like okay, yes, I see, I see your biceps are very impressive, good push ups, but can you like do a little bit more for the community? The Joker never sleeps. <laughs> Yeah, okay, fine, Bruce. <laughs> <clears throat> the working poor also don't get much of a chance to sleep, Bruce. Master Bruce. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I, I really like Jerrica as a, as a person. Like, I think her character is very, very strong. This idea that she is selfless. It, like, in her wealth, she is also very selfless, mm -hmm. which is something that comes about across very clearly. You know, she she is clearly um, she's the, like the head of a company. She is clearly advantaged, um, but she isn't like letting that go to her head or drive her behavior. She is. No, this isn't. This is not the spoiled rich kid. And it's nice because, right. you know, it, if these are um, models of, of female empowerment. And so they they do more than just look good. You know, they will write. They will manage, they will do technical stuff, they'll negotiate contracts, they can kind of do it all. Yeah, and, and she is constantly, uh, you know, rubbing elbows with higher-ups in powerful positions who happen to be men and, mm -hmm. like, not batting an eye. She she never cows under pressure, she's always stern and, and confident, and it's so great. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice touch. I wanted, I never knew how much I wanted this character <laughs> as, like, a role model, and it makes, it makes perfect sense. To me, why Ethan like loved the show so much, like just for this character alone. And then, I don't um, even need Gem. You don't need Gem. Well, when when she turns into Gem, it's much more of the standard. You know, oh, I want the red carpet. I want the paparazzi. You know, I am the I am the front of this band. So in in a cool way, like Gem is a means to an end. It's how she regains control of her company entirely. There's this idea here, and I'll go into this a bit more later, where. Um, the nature of image as power. Like, mm. you might not have power, but if you purport like you do, if you craft an image about yourself, that actually holds a lot of weight. So 
you know, people are constantly talking about Jem in a way that they never were talking about Jerrica. Yeah, and she becomes jealous of herself. It's so cool. That's a, that's amazing. And also, yeah. like, her sister Kimber also becomes jealous of her. And there's a lot, like, those episodes play up very well. The drama doesn't feel as forced as it does with some of the other characters. There's a lot of uh, current Marvel shows. Like, uh, Daredevil has this thing where he's keeping the secret that he's Daredevil from his closest people. And so he's constantly, you know, ducking out of meetings and shit and making mm-hmm. them not trust him and things like that. And... That gets very tired very quickly because you're just like, why aren't you just admitting to them who you are? This show, nobody cares <laughs> who Jem's secret identity is. Well, no, because she's got that on-again, off-again guy, and she like just never tells him. Right, but he's so not an important character. Like The most important part of her alter ego is how Jerrica sees it. Mm, yeah. And not how other people see it. And I think that's so cool. Like This idea of, I'm going to put on my makeup, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to be this person I can't be behind closed doors, and that giving me a lot of power that I don't normally have. And it's neat because it makes this idea of success, uh, of being a successful musician, isn't just like topping the charts or making a lot of money. Now she's like, she has to prove herself over and over again. No, it's the image and it's the confidence. And it's stuff that Jerrica has... But is not able to really showcase yeah, it's as easier. just a mild-mannered business manager thing. It, it's easier when you have that mask. Yes. Yeah. Um, I I love this character. I think it's super cool. I don't know if Gem is strictly necessary, but it's fine. It is just fine. I also really like the way Gem looks. Oh, with the like pink bouffant hair. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I, I re- the earrings are super iconic. I would if I was a little eight-sided if, star. If I was a kid who wore earrings, I would absolutely buy these. <laughs> so good. I don't know which I want more, the sort of omens or these earrings. Like, ben, that's how cool they are. Ben, this isn't the 80s anymore. You can you have You don't both. have to choose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, I would. that would be so cool. <laughs> like someone dressing up as Lion-O slash Gem in the holograms. That's not bad. I have the power to walk down that red carpet. The catwalk? No, Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that, that's that's He-Man. What am I thinking of? Th- Thunder Gems. <laughs> ho, ho, ooh, truly outrageous. <laughs> oh, uh, the theme song. The, the, yeah, let's let's save that for later, though, because I have yeah. a lot to say. Uh, so the, the other gems, are are they like, the gems or the holograms? Like, who? how do you describe the other members of the band? They're, I think that they're the holograms, which is uh, appropriate because they are without substance. <laughs> okay. I mean, like, I just didn't have anything to say about them. They're very much support characters. Something I didn't particularly enjoy is that they're all the same model as Jem. I think that this would have been a good opportunity, although it wasn't the time, to showcase some, like, different body imagery. Yeah. Like, some and different they do that positive body bit. imagery. They do that a little bit by giving them different, um, you know, they're different races. Yeah, ve- that's, like, it's very, very surface. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't do enough. That's um, barely trying, though. Very little is done to separate them. However, uh, I did read that um, when an episode focuses on one of the members of the band, the themes of that show match, like, their insecurities. I mean, it's mostly Kimber, isn't it? It's Kimber, but you also get, like, uh, Shayna will have episodes that deal with self-esteem or vanity issues. Huh. I mean, that's kind of neat. I, I didn't feel like I needed it, yeah, but it, it I, I is neat. I didn't watch enough of the show where I felt like I could get a good beat on each of their personalities, but the the show also could have done a lot more to flesh them, flesh them out. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's true. And I, and I like that they made the effort at least. Uh, I don't, even though I don't think they needed to. I think that we should just kind of move on from them and talk about the other characters. Yeah. So the other uh, band. Ethan right? has promised to skin me alive if I didn't at least talk about synergy for a little bit. Uh, yeah. This is the AI <laughs> who can not only project holograms but materializes this like sick robot thing. Okay. Yeah. This has to be an alien life form, right? Oh, that like made friends with her father and then. Yes. Um, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, oh, and the alien radiation is why he died so early, but, mm-hmm. you know. Got it in one. Got it. <laughs> okay, so you, you've thought this through. <laughs> no, I actually haven't. But, like, it, it, this can't be current technology in the 80s. Like, it, it's 80s magic, and that's fine. Yeah, but I don't care how given... wealthy you are as a, as a record producer. No, like. Yeah, what the hell? No, like, this is something else. Um, and I don't know what else it is, but, I mean, this is what we do on the Carton cast. We don't accept premises just because they happen to be fantasy or sci-fi. Yeah. I want to know where this AI came from. And I'm curious more, like, why does the AI do what it does? Like, why is it oh, because, so invested? Oh, because uh, Gem is her daughter. Ooh. Like, literally, <laughs> or? Well, this is, is what happened in Defenders of the Earth, right? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, the Flash Gordon's wife gets sucked into a computer, and everyone's mm-hmm. just like, yeah, that's probably fine. Yes, as, as has been well established. Yeah, this is established in the lore. Do you think... Would, that would be interesting. We never kind of hear of her mother, do we? No. Yeah, she, this is this is yeah. Synergy I, I like, is her mother. I like the idea of the synergy projecting Gem and like thinking of her as her daughter, um, and Jerrica's personality slowly gets subsumed. Like this is how synergy reproduces. That's so cool, and it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, it also makes sense from a, like a mother perspective because like you just want your child to succeed, and this is the way you ha- the, this is the way it happens. Yes, gain power before I convert you completely. Oh, man. I love that kind of, like, sort of nurturing, but also sort of selfish. This is what happens in uh, the first Dragon Age game, where uh, the the Witch of the Wilds, Morrigan, one of your playable characters, her mom is, like, this crazy sorceress lich who body swaps into her daughters. Ooh. But you don't learn that for a long time, so it just looks like she's a creepy mom. Spoiler alert. <laughs> okay. But, yeah, yeah, I like that interpretation if, uh, of it. I don't know if you've read any of the um, R.A. Salvatore, like, Drizzt books um but drow society is full of that sort of like nurture but also taking advantage of sort of thing yeah like this weird kind of backstabbing like tough love yeah it's almost greek right it's almost like a greek myth like chronos it yeah it's very mythical like children just mean something else in these different societies they don't mean (laughs) like love is a very bizarre construct to i think it's it's referenced in fantasy as something being pretty unique to humans or human-like creatures. So whenever you have the opportunity to bring a different fantastic race in, love is the first thing to go. Right. <laughs> so, like, I mean, like, that's very in, that's a very insect kind of behavior to emulate, you know? So anything that's a virus or a hive mind, love is tossed out the window. Which do you think synergy is? Virus or hive mind? It's got, uh, probably virus. Yeah. I so mean, this, is, this is a prequel to Beauty. This is this is how it starts. Yeah, this is yeah, this is patient zero. Yeah. Spoilers maybe. <laughs> <laughs> kind of? I don't know. I, I kinda like the idea that uh there's some like for some supernatural reason her mom got sucked into this computer. Which is silly, but I also kinda like it. Yeah, I mean, I'll take it. None of this has any bearing on the show itself. It's just No. It's just it feels like there should be more sci fi in here. 
it's just such a weird point. Like, it's something that the rest of the show doesn't do, so I feel the need to try to explain it, mm-hmm. and there's really no explanation, so maybe just leave it there. Okay. But yeah, um, the, the, yeah she is the Zerg. <laughs> uh, then we have the Misfits, that band. Yep. Yep, it, it, we're we're really like listing them of order of importance, which I love because men are so unimportant in this that they get bottom billing. Yes, uh, and these it's a band of three, or I think they get a fourth one later, and they're just so needlessly vengeful toward any slight, real or imagined from the holograms. It's it's the, pretty great because they're just it's that eighties villain mentality of just I'm so focused on the hero and what the yeah. hero's doing and ruining them. No, they're definitely there's they're a bunch of skeletors. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, we, and that you know like i'm not gonna we always have to remember to judge each cartoon in its own weight class the 80s were a very different di- time of cartoondom <laughs> they uh they didn't really have these complex villains so like okay judging it on its own merits but it also fits in with the cosmology here it also yes. fits in with the narrative because they are a power hungry band who wants to reach the top this is not a unique thing as far as uh, the music industry goes. Yeah, they ally with uh, Eric, the the you know the greedy producer. Um, yeah, and they're just they're just always trying to edge out Jim because that's their competition. Well, it's yeah, you you see this a lot of the time in in bands that make it big is their ego takes over and they stop mm-hmm. thinking of what truly matters to them and just, and then just kind of focuses on the business of it. God, it's uh, all the about the music, man. Yeah. The, they really, they really Morrison did. I'm up. so happy that Gem and the Holograms never f- says something like that. Like it's all about loving the music and and the heart. It's like, no, this is part of a business. We also do business shit. It's just like that's not the most important part. Well, their songs are sometimes about how magical music is, but it's only during the songs that they do that. So they're it just selling magical, again. They're just, just selling an image. Yeah. To gain a profit. <laughs> how soulless do you think the Holograms are? Oh, they're no, they're very soulful, but there's no question about it that they are. They are trying to, like, I mean, I, I, I saw it more as, like, uh, Jerrica trying to protect her father's legacy. And mm-hmm. because of her love of music, she wants the music to succeed, so she wants Gem and the Holograms to succeed. And also she is enjoying kind of the, the glam and the glitter and the fortune and the fame. Yeah, you can have you can have both. Yeah, or all five, as I listed <laughs> them. Um, the Misfits are even less distinguished, one from another. I than, really like the Misfits, actually. Than the it took me a while are. to get there. Yeah, no, like, as a whole, they are, but I, you know, you can't really tell them all apart. Well, you can tell Stormy apart. Stormy? Stormer. Strom? Strongbad? Yeah, Strongbad, I think, (laughs) doesn't belong in this band. (laughs) (laughs) No, he does keyboards. Excuse me, the Misfits. (laughs) Strongbad to play keyboard with boxing gloves on. (laughs) Um, No, Stormer uh, is is different, because she is kind of the... um, She's the token nice person in the in the band. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's just kind of going like along through peer pressure? She's not on board with everything. She mm-hmm. she's there to like play up the, how evil the other two are. You're right, because then there's and, um, pizzazz, yeah. and I want to say vomit. <laughs> Tina, uh, strong sad, strong sad. <laughs> yeah, on base. No, yeah, like the other two are just evil, evil, evil. Um, but you know, Stormer never comes down on calling them out like she's very much a reluctant uh sellout but she is still a sellout and after a certain point you have to ask yourself you know i would have i would have turned from this by now if my heart was really in the right place she's complicit um and well the holograms have this sort of upbeat pop sound 
Yes. The Misfits, their music is is like lower energy. Their singer has this sort of nasaliness that doesn't help it. Like it, it's music that's supposed to indicate villainy. It's not like easy listening. Yeah, no. Um, I I know it's not precisely the same music, but I I was thinking Cranberries for some of it, just because the vocals in that are kind of have this harsh edge to it. Yeah, yeah. Did you like the Misfits as kind of like uh, the the chief villain? I originally, in my privilege and patriarchy, thought that Eric Raymond was the chief villain. Not the case. He's the I'm, figurehead sometimes, but it's I'm, the Misfits. I'm actually glad. Like, I don't like the Misfits. Exactly, but I'm glad that they're there and they keep it from being that sort of moralistic e- money is evil thing. Yeah, a little bit. Because now, uh, now they can have a variety. Like, the number of stories can expand because you have multiple like problems with the music industry that you can be angry at. I just like that the uh, main protagonist and main antagonist are an all-girl rock band, and that their problems with each other are not, you know. Well, I mean, I guess in, in a minor way, they're like trying to get with the same dude, but like it, it's not yeah, at the yeah, forefront. Yeah. It's all about the business. Be- and I Bechtel, like that des- a lot. Bechtel test is passed. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That is uh. Yep. With with glamorous loud colors. Fortune and fame. Ooh. <laughs> um, other characters. Rio. <laughs> gotta talk hey. about. We gotta talk about Ken. Hey, hey, Rio. <laughs> Show up when we need you, and then go back in the closet. <laughs> like, leave us alone for a minute. Lucas from Cyber Six really slimmed down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or or just... Freddy from uh, Scooby Doo. Yeah, everyone just lo- like everyone loves him. He's so beautiful. He's just there to help. He's constantly helping out at uh at uh at what was the place called Starlight House? Yeah, Starlight House. And like I don't, I didn't see him that much. I got the feeling like you know, come out here when we want you to, and then we'll put you in a box on the shelf. He has purple hair. I didn't I'm even just gonna notice. Say, I'm going to say that. I did not even notice that. Why does he have purple hair? Because 80s. But why does he have purple hair? And why everything <laughs> about <laughs> Rio? <laughs> and it's weird because... Like, no hint of ethnicity with Rio, by the way. In, Gem, in case anyone was wondering. Jem slash Jerrica, like, hits on Rio. Like, they have a thing going, but she has a thing going with him in both of her personalities. And he doesn't know that she's the same person. And he's yeah, like, you're driving him crazy. Jim. She's just toying with him. <laughs> Why are you doing this? Like, it'd be so easy to everyone knows. <laughs> except this one poor guy. Except for, except for the poor guy whose trust she has earned. Because at the beginning of this show, he is the boyfriend. Uh-huh. Which is a nice, very... Man, I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to fumble through p- pretend sexual tension. Like, sure, development of the relationship, but I didn't want a, a like, do they like each other or not kind of plotline. And I don't yeah. get that. And now that's we such get. A relief. Now instead we get Rio like lusting after Jem and saying like, I really shouldn't. I have to stay true to Jerica. It's like, oh, come on. Yeah, <laughs> this and, is so easy. Every time we focus on him, he's just helping out around the house, which yeah, is something that like, I love. Techn- he's like their roadie. 
Yeah, and and he's uh he's sort of a uh, aperitif for the later love interests that Kimber will have, mm-hmm. all of whom are like impossibly beautiful Ken doll men. Men doll. Yes. Uh, and I like that. I like that this. I like that this show, in its you know f- female empowerment, like absolutely drops the other foot, and just like every every man is so simple and so like plastic <laughs> looking. Yeah, because all, the... all of the women have like fabulous hair and makeup and outfits, and every single one of the men is like in a business suit or like a plain t shirt at best. Like it's so funny. Um, I mean, the all of the characters are plastic to a degree. Um, the movement in this show is a little weird that we'll get into. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think the men are even a step down from that. Did, did you... I, I hate to get all MRA on you, but like, did, were you offended by that at all? I didn't even notice. No, I, I, I noticed it and was like, yeah, that's fair. Like, I, like I, I don't care. Tell me a good story and then I that's it. That's all I the, need. Yeah, like if somebody like calls me like a cracker on the street or something, I'd be like, "Yeah, I, I, like do Fine. do as many do as many as you feel are necessary." Like I'm absolutely in <laughs> in in privilege and in power here. Like, yeah, I'll take I'll take all of those. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I'm collecting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, Put I'm that in my a house dream journal. One. Building a va- uh, a house of uh, white put downs for disadvantaged girls. Ben, do you think that the reason you're okay with hearing those things is because at bottom actually you don't black? actually think that they're true? Oh. Mm. Were we both thinking that? I'm going to get away from this conversation. Yeah, smart move, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, so do we have other characters? I don't think so. I mean, the Stingers, you know, you have Riot, who is that male Bowie-esque lead. Um, I actually didn't I didn't see any of that. I would have liked to, though. Um, they're They're fine. I would have been pretty into watching that dick bulge uh, portrayed through the lens of 80s cartoons. Oh, it shows up and it never stops. That's so cool. Yeah. I, uh, I, I've i also been recently, this has been a big graphic novel week for me. I recently started uh, reading a graphic novel called The Boys, which is... How are uh, you, the, how is that spelled? Uh, exactly how you think it is. So Boise? No. <laughs> the Boise, Idaho? <laughs> no, you irrelenting asshole. <laughs> Ooh, you're relenting this time. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I don't hate that. But uh, it's it's all about um, it's like the answer to who watches the Watchmen. It's like a super superheroes are a thing, and they're incredibly advantaged, and no one calls them out on their bullshit and crimes. And this like crack team of CIA agents who can kind of fly underneath the radar and get the one up on them, and are like kind of like constantly like dragging their crimes out into the spotlight, and just kind of like but beating their asses down when they get to big for their britches um the the point of this is that there is a character late in the second i think second book of them meeting up with their russian contact voss and uh voss used to be a superhero whose name was love sausage and it is because he's wearing like this skin tight clothing and the dick bulge is like magnificently visible at all times it is so it is so ridiculous i don't know what you want me to do with this information ben (laughs) I don't know. It, I just, I was on dick bulges. Zane, if you're on dick bulges, you don't just jump away. <laughs> we Man, need one it, more. We need we need one more anecdote before we stop. Um, ooh. is it telling that I want to talk about dick bulges during this? Like, dick bulges sounds like one of those like, um, you know, midday 
live TV, like reality TV, like embarrass people in front of their kids kind of TV shows. I I don't I don't even know the like, genre you're talking about. Like like Jerry Springer, but like the host's name is Dick Bulges. Oh, okay. It, it kind of sounds like a cooking show uh, host to me. Now you're cooking with Dick. <laughs> Dick Bulges. <laughs> yeah, if, if we can get off of this topic earlier than possible. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah, so like, I guess let's. I wanted to talk a little bit about. Um, I wanted to talk about the nature of image and empowerment in this show. Okay. I wanted. I like. I talked about it a little bit more before. Did you, I, I was wondering if that was hitting anything for you. I, I haven't quite crystallized this idea, but uh, well, you know, Jerica, yeah, so... she uses a persona based on herself in order to gain, in order to become Gem, whom commands more respect. But it's not a personality shift. It's the same person. She's just putting on a new image. Right. And that image theme resonates throughout. You know, it's in the title of the show. Like, the show doesn't work. The show with premise as stated doesn't work without it. I think you could still have the show without that element. I But, but I think it helps. Yeah, I, I just was, I was not sure what your, what your take on it was. You know, it's weird because they have this ability to, to you know, change their appearances and they just, they don't really use it that much. It's it's a very superficial thing. Uh, it's extremely superficial and it's it's a little upsetting that they only get power through like this superficial change, but it's also very honest. Um, like they, 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 part of the rocker lifestyle is this presentation aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... In order to be a rock star, as she needs to be in order to support her company and support her foster house, uh, she does need to kind of play the game. And there's this aspect of, uh, you know, there's this aspect of, it's it's always the thing we struggle with as, like, men talking about, like, uh, uh, struggles that uh, women have in our society, where I'm not sure whether it's empowerment or whether it's patriarchy. <laughs> Um, well, I think it, it's helpful that they're not just using this to look good. So they will tell Synergy, hey, we, we need to look more intimidating because we're about to go in <gasps> for a negotiation. I saw that one and they turn into a bunch of like no nonsense businesswomen's. Yeah, with the hair up and the glasses and the, yeah. With the square glasses. It's great. Yeah, and they just like bully this poor Ken at a desk until he gives them the files. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. So yeah, I mean like, the idea of image and having multiple faces for the, um, you know, for the world at large, but always remaining true to yourself, like, they don't go in, that that theme is present throughout, but they really don't draw more attention to it than they need to. Nobody's saying, like, you know, the, but really, Jem was you all along. Like, that does no. not happen. No, 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 no. She's just exploring this other side to herself, I guess, or it's this different. Exploring, yeah, no, like, this is identity exploration. Yeah, and like it's not even like she doesn't understand who she is. She's just like exploring what she could be, or like how she uh, how she uh, purports herself to the rest of the world. Yeah, and like it, I'm it, considering, you know, making my persona, you know, ten percent more glamorous. Can we let's let's feel that out for a couple episodes? Yeah, like get on get on the glam knob synergy. Stop please when stop when I literally can't see through the sparkles. Up until then, we're all good. <laughs> Point one, please don't say glam knob. Point two, I think that's the last Dick Bulge's reference that we needed to, to fill our bingo, bingo sheet. All right, good. We can check that box off. The but yeah, I it even says so in the in the theme song of the show. She like is constantly saying, "Gem is my name. 
no one else is the same. Yeah, it, this is branding. Yeah, yeah, it is very much branding, and it's very much recognizing that this is who she is. But and, don't forget and, that her name is Jem. And she also says that Jem is outrageous, which I didn't, I didn't really find that to be the case. Not she just seemed, outrageous. She seemed down to earth to me. Truly, truly, truly outrageous. No, like Jem is less of a personality because she has a part to play on TV than Jerrica. Jerrica is the one who's truly outrageous. Yeah, good, good for her. Oh yeah, totally. I, I'm way into it, man. Yeah, um, you could definitely do. You know, this is like when we do conspiracy theories. Like, you could definitely do a 15-page paper on this, but it if you don't see this, it doesn't need to be there. Here's a, here's another thing that also ties in with the um, motherly nature of uh, of the synergy. Borg hive mind synergy, which Still is that... weird. Did, when, when Still weird. I, 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 can, I, can, I can never square that circle in my head, <laughs> that the fact that she even existed or any of it happened. <laughs> the... Uh, the her sister Kimber, um, who like becomes a much more prominent character later on, at some point gets really hurt for some reason and is you know very emotionally tender. So she's like, "Synergy, I want to be someone who can't be hurt. I want I want you to make me into a total badass." You know, mm, in so yeah. many words. And Synergy complies and turns her into someone who looks a lot like a misfit. It's like. Mm-hmm. This is not who you are. Like talking to her like a mother would. Like you know, you you want to be this other person, but is this really what you want? You know, trying to kind of get her to come to terms with the pros and cons of her own personality and her own image. And eventually, Kimber like relents and is like, "This really isn't me. I'm going to go back to being the trusting, naive, you know, it's, wide-eyed, it's not even, cheerful person." It's not even eventually. It's right after Synergy talks to her. Like Synergy is such a good mother figure because you know. Okay, you can play around outside, but you know when it comes time to, I'm going to tell you, you know, the the truth about the matter. But she usually stays in the background. Like this dynamic works. Yeah, she's supportive. She's so supportive. It's so cool. Uh, <laughs> I was surprised that you uh, saw that episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Ben, uh, we also have a hive mind. It's true, and also a hive bulge. We got a battle of the. Bulge. Battle of the Bands. So speaking of the Battle of the Bands... Um, yes, <laughs> excellent. This goes right into the tone of things, because this is this is very 80s, and it's not just music and dress. It is that Battle of the Bands mentality. It is solve the problem against the bully with a contest of skill. It is Karate Kid. Like, this yeah, is the whole the whole auditorium showed up, you know, <laughs> the... the like, whether or not you get summer vacation depends on the Battle of the Bands. The principal is biting his fingernails. <laughs> it's so 80s movie all the time. Like, all right, Jem, you, you won the mansion, but you still have to win the company. Okay, yeah. you won the company, but I took all the money. Okay, yeah. Jem, you're going to... Just that constant escalation. Just and the misfits ramp. are always there, like, in the corner waiting to beat her up after she gets off stage. Like, this time for sure, our underhanded tactics and lack of talent will win. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she, they are talented is the thing. Yeah, they're, no, they're, they're not just not, not exactly what the people want. It's not for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one very, like, 80s thing that did not draw attention to itself, but I have to mention, um, people will rollerblade into a scene. <laughs> That's so funny. Rollerblades They'll, are everywhere. They will circle around who they're talking to, and it's just, they like don't draw attention to it. This is just how people get around. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I was watching. <laughs> it's amazing. With Ethan. I was watching one episode with Ethan, and I'm like, 
when do they when do they get on rollerblades? They're going to this place on rollerblades. Oh, it's a roller derby. Okay, that doesn't explain why they started out on rollerblades. <laughs> like that doesn't excuse your crimes. Those wheelies Jeff were not Hunter. invented yet. Yeah. Man, I, I still was, really want wheelies. I was gonna say, like, I I looked them up a while back when I was in undergrad. I was like, I really want wheelies. This seems like a cool thing. They're still why, cool. Why would I walk if I could rollerblade places? And, do they make uh, an adult wheelie? They don't make an adult wheelie, from what I could tell. Wheelies it, for adults. I mean, I looked it up a, a oh, while heelies. back, and they didn't have them at the time. Heelies for adults. Whatever. I mean, either way. I actually bought a pair of inline skates one time, but uh, they were pretty terrible because they were from a thrift store. So oh, baby, I didn't go too am I going to buy some Heelys? Yo, buy some Heelys. Oh, Ben, this is the start of our new podcast, Heely Life. Heely Life. Oh, this is great. I feel like we'd have to brand them if this was part of our... Oh, shit. Can we do Cartoncast brand Heelys? <laughs> <laughs> it's what our dad wanted before he died. Like people, we, need, people need a way know. to get around in a way that reminds them of how hungry they are. There's got to be a better way. <laughs> how hungry they are. This, well, like, are this, the sounds like one of, this sounds like one of Todd from uh, BoJack Horseman's Ventures. Oh yeah, I just I staple two ventures that season. don't have anything to do with each other together and see what pops out. Mm-hmm. What were you saying? Uh, I haven't started watching the fourth season. It's a fucking trip, man. <laughs> That's what people say. I, I'm I'm willing to say I think it's the best season. Ooh, it's very right. very good. I gotta get on it. I wasn't able to because I was you know transfixed to Gem. Yeah, she's truly outrageous. I've heard. Truly, truly, truly. Outrageous. I tried to do two two trulies, and Ethan very promptly corrected me. <laughs> That's good. I'm sorry. Um, I don't have a whole lot else to say about the uh, tone that we haven't already said. There is a lot of this symbolism that, you know, take it or leave it. I wanted to underline one thing about, I, I think we have been kind of mentioning it in the background, but the female empowerment angle. Mm-hmm. I wanted to mention that for both Gem and the Misfits, this means being outsiders in an, in a male-dominated industry. Yes, imp- implicitly. Yeah. Implicitly like, and explicitly. Misfits, their name is the Misfits. They're definitely outcast. And Gem is constantly being called truly outrageous, and we constantly see how much she sticks her nose into matters which are beyond the female Ken. Right. The the Those are just for the Ken dolls. The... And like they'll they'll go do like a show, like they'll show off on some like interview program or whatever. But it's never really under their control, you know. When these conflicts arise, like that's still just industry in the background working as magic. Yeah, it, it sort of has a momentum of its own, and I I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but but just as active figures in this industry that kinda doesn't know how to deal with them, you know. Um. I didn't get that as much. Um, that, I mean, that's certainly true in the real world. I didn't get it as much in the show itself. I I felt like when they had an opportunity, they were able to take it. It's just that they weren't generating their own opportunities. Yeah, it was, it was. Yeah, it's from they're they're able to exploit the machinery already in place, but they didn't build the they didn't build the game. They're just playing it. We didn't build the game, but yeah, I I'm ve- I'm just I'm very impressed with. Mm-hmm the female empowerment angle of this show. Yeah, this is... It worked better for me than Sailor Moon did. And I'm trying I'm trying to be... Yeah, absolutely better. Um, <laughs> you know, although that did have, like, the dipstickiest of all male fake protagonists, so that had... Um, let's not get into him again. 
Uh, you don't want to dive into tuxedo mask for a bit? <laughs> if he didn't have a bulge, he should have. The uh, yeah, I I don't know. There's a there's an aspect of uh, I'm trying to go through media these days with and trying to separate my internal like bias for uh you know specifically um things that appeal to guys and mm-hmm. that's very hard to do and it's very hard to do because back in the 80s this was really not in the it, it was not a thing i could have been aware of just in the way i imbibed my media you know in, on the playground people would talk about he-man and thundercats no one would talk about this so why do you think those shows were so much more popular aside from just you know the, the fact that they were geared toward guys. That is it. Because this show is better. Absolutely better. No question about it, 100%. Although I, I would make an argument for Thundercats, but it's definitely okay. better than He-Man. Definitely. Um, yeah, so I, I... I think it's 100% just what, I'm what glad gender that it demographic has, it was pandering to. I'm glad that it had a chance at a revival, even if the live-action movie didn't do well. If you go around and like watch like like read articles on the live action movie, everybody is like everybody who's commenting on them is are like, like die, yeah, hard, you the die hard fans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they're like, This is what they did wrong. This is what we want. Give us what we want. We miss Gem. She's truly outrageous. No one else is the same. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, getting so much mileage out of this theme song. <laughs> so let's talk about the theme song. Yeah, let let jump past animation and talk about the music. Well, I guess uh, yeah, both of them the, really. But yeah, we're gonna be ta- there, there's a lot to say about these. This um, this theme song is so that I was hooked from the very catchy. first moment. Yes, um, I think the lyrics could have used a second pass of of like revisions. Maybe um, like there, there's a couple just kind of 80s generic like citing not, what you are. If you're not looking at it through the lens of like image and stuff like that, like my gem is my name, gem is outrageous. Like, that just seems like filler that is not even true. Or, like, vaguely true. No, it's or, just shouting your own obviously. name in your theme song, which happens yeah. literally every time uh, there's a the, show in the The 80s. third season intro was just... They used a worse tune and really focused in on the gem is my name bit. Oof. That's but rough. But even, even though the holograms had a fifth girl by that point, they didn't, they didn't update the um, visuals. Hmm. It, it was a real baffling choice. Yeah, the visuals in the intro, in the first intro, are really phenomenal. Like, they're so... The way that she dances from left to right is bizarrely ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so fluid. The way she, like, casts her hand up, and there's, like, this glitter, and then, like, a, yeah. a, a big sparkling thing that says Gem appears, and then she kisses Rio, and they get, the, the kiss turns into a star. It's, like so crazy i i love the music videos that we get because they all do this like psychedelic thing um but yeah no like the way that she moves it's sexy in in a commercialized sense like i know i'm being super marketed to but it works like they make it look fun yeah i don't know it's not sexy to me personally it's like sexy in a you're watching a girl in the 80s having fun kind of yeah not not like not like she's being explicitly sexual, just like the movements, like these look like yeah, good the, movements for the club. Yeah, Gem doesn't have a chest window. Um, you mentioned that it's fluid. The The show itself like works, but it looks like it's missing a lot of frames. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's pretty it's limited. Jagged. The intro, just perfect. Just the, I, I was almost it. like, I was almost wishing that the intro wasn't as good so I wouldn't be so disappointed when the show started. 
<laughs> yeah. And I do th- I think that the animation also dropped off in quality in later seasons, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it's possible. At least that's that's what it seemed like to me. But man, how did you feel about the kiss right there in the intro? Just them kissing? Yeah. I you know, I'm I'm a man of the 90s. These things didn't phase me at this point. Well, I'm a man of the 90s. These things did phase me. Interesting. Cartoon characters don't kiss, man. Sure they do. They don't. It's okay because the band kiss could have easily made an appearance. I don't know why that makes it okay or what concept you're trying to articulate to me. I'm not. I think that you were like, kiss is a band. It's time to talk about my knowledge of kiss. <laughs> <laughs> why, why is it a big deal that they kissed in the intro or at all? Well, think about, I don't know, any other show at the time. Or, or, okay. or just in the 80s. Like, it's it's an aspect of it being marketed to, to women, young yeah. girls, where they're, like, trying to capitalize on that romance aspect of it, mm-hmm. that things that were marketing to boys didn't really feel the need to do. You right. know? So, yeah. So the kiss is actually a selling point, in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, in, a, like, a Harlequin romance novel way. Um, it's it's I mean, like, it's not, like, they don't put it at the forefront, but they also don't shy away. And you know how Nickelodeon kind of has this don't say die, just say passed on or it can't, won't come back or something like that. There's also sort of this unspoken rule of we never show any anything that could even even remotely be considered sexual. Interesting. You know? Remember yeah, how no, in that... Reboot they like were say, they were like dots too sexual because breasts. <sighs> yeah. You know, that kind of hyper aggressive censorship that uh, that that um american uh tv tended to have in the 80s and 90s and and actually up until now in cartoons and this just kind of getting a pass because like this confluence of it being at the right time and also marketed toward a demographic wherein the kiss meant something it it gets a pass because rio you know he he's like a plastic doll you know this is like her real doll that she just like (laughs) You know, kisses a pillow kind of thing. He he's not as bad as the other guy as the other Kens, but yeah, you know he he's also not at the at the center of anything. But you are right; she is like he's a utility to her. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not really, but that's how it articulates in the show. Love slave, come in, amuse me, <laughs> refresh in my drink, rub my feet. Um, you need to add more dye to your hair. And then midway through the intro, the Mitzvah. The Misfits show back up? Yeah. I love that Jem like doesn't even respond to doesn't them. Doesn't acknowledge them at Just all. Push them out of frame and it's yeah. back to me. It's all about me. <laughs> I also love like the ludically Misfits sounding a little bit worse because we're so used to the Jem theme song by that point yeah. that when it comes in, we're like, Ugh! you know, like that visceral, what? like this doesn't belong here. What I is don't it like about this? intros where like the bad guys need to have a short evil interlude? Right. Like, the, and the fact that like the music also gets in on that and makes me feel like this is happening and I don't like it. That's that's so smart. Yeah, it, it's like you know I've got to get those Smurves or I got to clobber that there Kirby. I'm so I'll proud get that you, you just ca- said Smurves the correct way. Like it's all I have to get you, and they even say we're gonna get her. Yep. I think I think the the only example I could think of that where they have a short evil interlude but don't say that is Pelswick because Pelswick did bullying right. <laughs> yeah, do bullying right, guys. <laughs> the more you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they, I guess they need to be there. It does, 
like it dampens it enough that when she comes back in, I'm like, yeah, oh, thank you. Yeah, it's a, it's a, like a tangible relief. Yeah, fix it's like this, I wasn't please. done listening to this song. It's so good. Like speaking of the music, the the music of this intro also sounds fantastic. Yeah, this is this is high pop. This is great. It's very yeah, it's very polished. And, and it's it close goes... enough to ABBA that I'm able to just latch on. <laughs> do you want do you want to talk about your ABBA fetish? Uh it's a really good band. Real good band. No, but like this is this is true of the songs like in the music videos as well. Um they they get this hook and they just keep they keep playing it. Mm-hmm. Um I think where it falls down is that they repeat it too many times. Like like fifty percent of a song will just be this hook chorus. Uh, and it's just it's it kind of over the head. So uh, get ready. You're about to listen to another another installation of Ben doesn't understand what music is. Um, I liked the music enough that I was able to forgive the repetitiveness in the lyrics in the theme song. So like, it it just it wasn't the focus for me. I no, was the, I was the way into song, the melody. I was too into the melody to care. The theme song's enough. I mean, like the music videos in the show. Oh, during the show, there is a repetitiveness to them. They don't go on too long. They don't go on like three or four minutes. Like a, they don't go on like a music video. They go on for like a minute and a half. Yeah, but in that minute and a half, fifty seconds of it are just saying the same thing, the same sentence again and again. Yeah, we love money and watches. Like a dream. Like a dream. Yeah. Music is magic. Um, yeah. We we should we should cut one particularly bad one in so everyone knows what we're talking <laughs> about. Um yeah, I, I, I kind of so again, I just think that they happen a little too often. Like two an episode would have done it for me. And it's not as though so two an episode and more fleshed out. The pacing of this show also is very eighties in that it doesn't deliberate with dialogue or atmosphere. It goes from plot point to plot point like a speeding bullet. So, um, I th- I think that within, I-, I think that there is feeling. I don't think it's all, I don't think it's all plot. So I don't mean it as a bad thing. Like intrinsically, I'm just saying that these eighty shows have a tendency to just state the plot that's going on, and then like if there's emotion, well, bully for you. But that's not the point of the scene. The point of the scene is to get things moving again. Right, but in scenes where there is emotion, they will they'll stay and sit on it for a bit. Like the scene you mentioned with Kimber, like realizing who she is, like that that has a, a sort true. of ringing poignancy to it that stays with it. And they don't hurry through that. So, like, I guess they choose these moments tactically when they when they want to kind of sit on an emotion or or an idea for a bit, they will. But when they're not doing that, we don't get kind of just. Uh, yeah. we, we don't get background dialogue. We don't get kind of them hanging out. We don't get the fabric of their lives. We get the emotional, important moments of their lives. And in that way, it is very soap opera-y. And, and the background music gives, you know, reinforces this because you'll get a like this restatement of the intro in mm-hmm. the background if it is that plot-based thing. Um, but otherwise, you'll get these random guitar mu- musings that match the feeling of the of the scene if it's more emotional. Yeah, they they did music real well in this, which is good because it's a band show. Zane, are you familiar with any other band shows? Uh, 
I was trying to look into Josie and the mystery. Pussycats. Just those, just those ones from yeah, the like the sixties, seventies kind the of the Hanna Barbera era stuff. Barra. But in Josie and the Pussycats and Jabberjaw, their music is very much a like a coincidence. It seems. Yeah, like. they they do their plot stuff and then, hey, we're in a band. Let's end out the show. Exactly. So like, yeah. I I think that this may actually be the first like legitimate band show that I've seen. As weird as it is to say that. Have there been others since? Um, I'm not aware of them. Uh, th- I feel like there have been a couple, like, Totally Spies-esque, like, <laughs> all-woman, like, band things uh, from Canada, but I can't remember what they are. Hmm. It seems like there would be, though, right? Like, th- this is not a market that I think has particularly stagnated. Maybe it hasn't developed much, but this has got to still be, you know, an open market. Right. Maybe maybe um, not so much with like um with like kind of the emergence of rock and pop and things like or rock and metal and pop and things like that. Uh Ben doesn't know music. The, like the emergence not being as big of a thing anymore and I don't know, I haven't heard anything about the music industry lately. It's all it all seems a lot less image focused or yeah. image focused in a way that doesn't translate well to young oh, girls maybe. We, we we did see this a bit in Class of 3000. Yeah, I guess that was also a band show, ridiculously but it, enough. But it was honestly less so than this. Like Very much, yeah. They would have one was. song, and it would be sort of loosely related. And also the show was just entirely less realistic and didn't make... Bizarre. Yeah, it was very bizarre, and it was very very much not grounded in the way that this show is. This show is so grounded, it's, despite it's, having a hologram computer Zerg hive mind. Yeah, so I actually... Uh, you, you mentioned soap opera, and that fits into this aesthetic of, like, real, but kind of not. Um, Tell me about the soap opera, Zane. Yeah, so just uh, this focus on feelings and also the business aspect of being able to, like, undercut people at every turn, uh, that constant competitive atmosphere, and the fact that they're all sisters, right? Like, biological sister or foster sister, it, this is a very much family affair. So this drama I'll be real, often I didn't has... realize that they were sisters. Uh, they're like adopted or something. I mean, I, I buy it. It just but, but what it so means much, is that the holograms are so much not characters that it never really got focus. What it means is that like any conflict is going to have a couple of like subtexts to it. Yeah. You know, so like, oh, you know, they they embarrassed me on TV. Well, is that really what's getting to you? You're also upset because. You know your bandmates read your diary, um, yeah, et cetera. The, yeah, and and the the only reason that you're so upset about this is because you are doubting yourself, maybe because of an inferiority complex that you have in relation to Jem, the leader of the band. There, there's stuff and, that you can bring out of these moments, and they work through it on scene. It's not like it's not like shouting at the heavens like in an actual soap opera, but it it's more so than a lot of other shows do. Yeah, or um, just like a stare between two characters. One of them says something, and then they just sit there, and like a piano plays <laughs> while they're just staring at each other. It's not like it's not that they actually go through the legwork of resolving what it is they're feeling. Yeah, they talk it out. They um, do the, talk it out. Also, the, when the evil twin shows up, mm, perfect. My favorite plot line. Uh, that, you mean uh, um, the stingers? Yeah, the the evil twin to the band, the entity of the band, Gem and the Holograms, yes. Well, no, I mean, the Stingers has the lead David Bowie type and then two women who could honestly be twins. Oh, yeah? That's how I remember it. 
I mean, all all the character models in this are not particularly inspired. Like all their accoutrements, their their accessories are really cool, and I really like the designs on. I mean, it's l- a lot let's talk about of, animation because like all of the costumes are fantastic, and I really well, dig the hairstyles. Well, I was gonna say like remember that uh, lack of frames thing that we mentioned, how it's sort of choppy. Mm. Uh, that fits that soap opera aesthetic because you know those daytime TV shows always have this different sort of glossy look. Like it's more artificial. I guess so. I'm not. I'm not really speaking from a point of uh, understanding or familiarity here. Like it just looks. It looks different from other shows. Yeah, I, I definitely think that they. Like that you they can tell focused. a sitcom from. You can tell a sitcom from a re, from a soap opera, like with a single frame. That's true. Yeah. That, you can yeah. tell this show versus like an action show immediately. Yeah, it's it's the pace is a lot more ponderous and a, a little bit less, um, a little bit less precise, I suppose. Yeah. But like a, you say, the first thing you notice is this '80s aesthetic. Yeah, all of their costumes, Zane. I love them so much. Glam as hell. Yeah, Jem's outfit is so cool. I wish I saw someone who dressed up as Jem at any convention that I've ever been to. I'm sure there's plenty of cosplay. I'm sure there are Zane, but I haven't seen them like. As far as I can tell, they're all dressing up as a as a Undertale. <laughs> you know that character. Yeah, Mister Undertale. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like, it, it's it's weird to say, but like I can sort of empathize with the girls who watched the show back in the eighties because I really wanted to have been bigger. Because mm. it's so cool. What did you think about the uh, the models and the hairstyles and things? Um, like you said, it does end up give the effect of making them look samey. Um, not the hairstyles. Like I think that their hairstyles are all pretty. Maybe not, but just like the fact that they're all dressed in the same manner. I think the, that has more to do with the actual character models the than anything else. Like all their proportions are very similar. Yeah, um, they're the all like the same like, height and have the same like proportioned limbs. None of them are particularly muscular. They're all slim. You know. Yeah, like I'm not a huge fan of this aesthetic in general. Like, it, it goes there's along a reason with the they're the bad guys. There's a reason they're the bad guys in Brutal Legend. <laughs> One of the bad guys. Yeah. Uh, it's just metal that isn't true metal. Oh, of course. Um. But. Oh God, what was I like, gonna say? Like it helped the show, but it's not my favorite kind of thing to look at. It may have been a marketing thing, you know. Like, oh, it was because de- this was based on a line of toys. Yeah, it's definitely right. marketing. And remember how in He Man we were like the, the like the push for marketing was like make this guy super generic looking. <laughs> yeah. So maybe, maybe there was some synergy in that. Like if if we run out of not the hive uh, mind synergy, mind you. If we run out of pink paint at the factory, you know, swap it with green and make yeah. it look good anyway. Yeah, we, we gotta have a we gotta have a backup plan here, guys. Uh we ran out of hologram dolls. Just give them a troll doll. They'll never know. They won't be able to. <laughs> Kids tell. are dumb. Kids are dumb. Women are dumb. We hate our consumers. <laughs> too much <laughs> slightly uh, uh, what i really like and I, I i mentioned this before but i might as well mention it again because we're right there while talking about character models um the character models for all the men are like very samey in the same way that the women are but they don't have any kind of glam to show them off again showing the power of the image yeah yeah so like even if you have the same like physical body you just throwing on all those accessories and, and and making them pop and stand out makes the women in this show so much cooler, like to look at and have, uh, 
and have the show around than any of the men would be because they are oh, yeah. entirely like just building block bare minimum essentials characters. Yeah, I mean make no mistake, I'm I'm not a huge fan of the way that people dressed back then, but it's still way better than, you know, Mr. Man in his suit. I I'm pretty into the way they dressed back then. Like I think this aesthetic works on me. What 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 kind of decade era do you I mean, I already know it's disco. Mhm. Yeah. I guess we're done with that. <laughs> Did you want to plug some disco facts? Uh Abba is the real dancing queen. Young and sweet, only 17. Not legal creepy. age of consent. <laughs> right. Cool. We're just here for dancing. We're just we just want to dance, guys. <laughs> Don't make it weird. <laughs> um Okay. Um, <laughs> animation-wise, um I really want to talk about the music videos. I we, think we, we already touched, did a little bit, but go for we it. We touched on it earlier, but just they go into this abstract colors and shapes dimension where the bands can pose around each other, and it's just oh, I, I this was my favorite part of the show. Yeah. Um, how in the music videos, like it's artistic and symbolic in a, in a really concise way. So like that episode we keep referencing because we both know we both saw it. Yeah. Um. Where Kimber's diary got read Scandal. on live TV. Scandalous. Yeah. Um, the one where when, when the holograms play at the end, sort of this like, you know, where we're cool again kind of thing. There's this 10 second chunk where it's like Kimber is playing the piano and the piano keys peel off and turn into the pages of her diary. Those fold into doves. Those fly into the sun. The sun becomes the background for Jem, who is dancing, who is holding the diary. Man, I, I this this totally passed me by. <laughs> like it is engaging and symbolically rich. I I don't so I'm I'm not like a I wasn't specifically looking at the music videos. Like I wasn't trying to write notes while I was watching them. I only have a vague recollection of like I enjoyed them and that's as far as I got. But it sounds as though they put a lot of effort into making them look really cool. Yeah. Like it's, uh, it very much feels like they wrote animation. It very much feels like they wrote the music video segments and then wrote the episode around them. (laughs) I wouldn't go that. I wouldn't go that far, but they definitely have a strong sense of like, what are we trying to say in this? Okay. Yeah. Did you notice? Did you point? Did you note that that was a consistent mark of quality? Um, the one I mentioned was like particularly uh, emblematic of it, it, but. it definitely none of them went by that i wasn't like oh and this reference is that like tension that was there earlier yeah how it resolved that's great it all ties in like even when they're just singing like a dream for the fifth time it's still good because of the visuals because those are still new yeah yeah uh that, that makes sense to me in an abstract sense i uh music doesn't map onto me precisely well so it's it's difficult <laughs> to understand like it's difficult for me to pick apart a music video point by point because I, I kind of don't understand the entire music culture. Like going to bands and watching music videos is not a thing I particularly understand except for Weapon of Choice because that was great. <laughs> uh, so, you know, like I have a hard time talking about it. But I mean, as a piece of cartoon medium, having me engaged both audibly and visually is definitely a strong point. And it, it's mm-hmm. it's really good to hear that they did that even when they dropped the ball on one of them. Yeah, I remember. If you won't, if you don't mind me breaking away for a, a bit of a tangent. Yeah, I remember I had this tenth uh, anniversary Calvin and Hobbes uh, 
book at one point this compilation where it was the 10th anniversary so he went back and looked at all the comic strips that he'd done in this book and kind of gave his outlook on all of them like what he was thinking about when he wrote each of them which i think is so great and that's like my favorite thing so we're i'm I'm like reading through them and one of them sticks out in my memory particularly well there's like these two side-by-side comics the top one is calvin staying home from school and he's like watching a tv soap opera where it's like a little too risque for calvin to be watching and the visuals are not particularly good and then in the one to the bottom of that he's blowing a bubble gum like he's blowing a bubble with bubble gum it pops and it looks looks like he looks really crazy and silly like he like a like an alien sort of thing with bubble gum all over his face and he's like good heavens i think i blew my face inside out (laughs) you know like not a particularly insightful joke but the commentary that bill watterson gave is like it's better to have good dialogue and have and have weak visuals but good visuals will pull over bad dialogue better than most people will think and that's mm. what I'm thinking of when you're saying to me that even when the audio gets kind of stale, yes, the visual takes over and and gets you where gets you to enjoy the scene. Right. This is why people like raves. You know, the music is nothing to shake at, but like it's so colorful. Hmm. I I'd never considered raves in any context before. Uh, consider them as a similar stylistic choice as Calvin and Hobbes. I did have a girlfriend one time in Boston who took me to a rave of sorts. Um, and uh. There was one of these guys who was like wearing these finger gloves that light up and just kind of playing with himself, like, you know, like moving his like fingers, or, like moving his fingers around and like making pretty lights for himself. Well, and uh, I disliked being in such a loud place for so much that I went to the bathroom downstairs and talked to the janitor for 20 minutes. Nice. Yeah. Apparently, um, Justin Bieber was there not too long before we had gotten there, like a few weeks back. And according to the janitor, he was a real dick about it. I, I bet. Shots fired, Bieber. Ball's in your court. The ball's in your bulge. <laughs> the bulge in your bulge. Heart. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's uh, all I had, uh, had to yeah, mention. Yeah, no, that, that's, a, that's a good point. Calvin and Hobbes keeps getting better with age. It might be my favorite thing. It's up there. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Ben. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I... I I agree. Like it's my favorite comic. It's my favorite. I, I have so much respect for that author. We're not talking about Calvin Hobbes. Let's move. Let's move away from that. Yeah. Well, I actually don't have much else to say about the show. I think we, I think we hit it. I got a couple things left. Do it. Um, the one thing is, uh, so uh, just to just to point out, uh, Ethan pointed this out, and I would be remiss for not mentioning it. Even if you weren't watching the show while listening to a song, it's always very obvious when you're listening to a Misfits song versus a Gem song. Yes. So, like, there's really good attention to making sure that the musical interludes do make sense narratively and, you know, ludically with regards to what bands are used. Like, the content of a song is very indicative. If you're listening to a song and it sounds kind of harsh and it's focused on money, 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 and winning all the time, it's obviously (laughs) Misfits. And that was not... It's not irrelevant to the... Like, it's indicative of kind of their era of music. Like, this kind of harsh edge and this kind of... This a little bit intimidating struggle for, like, self-assuredness and and power. Yeah, well, the holograms sing about lofty goals and sort of idealistic stuff because it's all image. It's all image, yeah, exactly. So I, I wanted to make sure... Uh, oh, and I also... Yeah. So let me talk about the sound effects. Mm-hmm. There's two things I want to point out. 
I really enjoy the hologram jingle, like when she touches her earring and makes a hologram. Did you notice that? I, I'm sure I noticed it, but I didn't, it didn't really register. It's sort of like that 80s thing where they make, they make a bunch of magic happen on the screen and it's kind of all the same sound effect that isn't No, quite I can a sound. picture it. I can picture it in my head. It's just the sound effect I'm not, I'm, I'm blanking we'll, on. We'll, we'll have to cut it in or something. Um, yeah, fast forward to Car- Cartoni Awards number four where we use that as our intermediary <laughs> sound effect. That's great. But uh, beyond that sound effect, man, was the sound effects ever lacking in this like I, did I you mean, ever no, no, nothing really happens that requires sound effects some people that sometimes people push each other the misfits will push gem or something like that or or there will be a physical altercation and somebody oh, no, is knocked right. down there there's right. very rarely sound effects that accompany it no one gets yeah, like it gave smacked. it this gave it this floaty feeling like or fake feeling like again in that soap opera sense i don't know it it felt super fake to me like i i think that that was just an oversight that they didn't correct like when you huh. see somebody fall down and have literal silence, like that's not a that's not like a decision that got made. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, minor hmm. ding for for that. Well, major ding for that. Like, it, that would have been a pretty easy thing to fix. Me- medium dig. Me- medium me- me- ding. Medium ding. Did you know that I call my bulge medium ding? I I knew you were gonna work it into bulge somehow. <laughs> I mean, I've got ding right there. Ding dong, dingling, whatever. Ding dang dong. Do you want to listen to two podcasters who are, you know, talking about female empowerment constantly reference dick bulges during the entire episode? Watch Labyrinth. <laughs> oh, Labyrinth. I wonder if Labyrinth is kind of beyond our purview as far as media. Oh, it we... definitely is, but it's still like it's still important. It I I I agree. Special app for for Labyrinth. We can we can make that an unshelled. I uh uh, did you notice any of the thug voices? No. So the vocals in this are interesting. I don't know if you noticed any particular voice actors slash actresses. Um, the no, none really stuck on me. So uh, the main voices, I just uh, just to have them list out. Um, I do know that Gem is Samantha Newark, who is a pop singer. Um, yeah, but but interestingly, her, her not the singing have... voice. Yeah, her her real songs have a bit more of an edge and aren't they're not gem songs in the same way. The singing voice was Britta Phillips, who at the time was further along in her singing career. Yeah, it sounds a little bit more more textbook. Um, it it sounds a little bit more polished and refined. Yeah, uh, and and also uh, the the other characters that tend to sing sometimes, uh, like Kimber, is voiced by Kathy Ann Bloor, but some is is sung by somebody else, Florence Wagner. Or, excuse me, not Wagner, Warner. <laughs> I don't know, man. Voices, you know? Look, the, I'm looking at Wikipedia, and they don't have, like, extensive Wikipedia pages to follow into. That's fine. I mean, we don't we don't have to fill. No, no, I'm, I'm just saying. I, I just thought it was interesting to have a, uh, a different voice for the singing. Than, like, it's not a thing I would have thought of. You know, in a they, band show, like, if you have a character and sometimes they sing... It doesn't make nonsense for that to be a different voice actress. So that, I just thought that was cool. I, I, I think they have one voice actor for the same role, singing and non-singing nowadays. Um, I can see why they would do it back back then because, you know, you want somebody who is more, like, who's further along and better experienced at singing, like, for professional stuff. 
I will say that Rory Riot was uh, voiced by Townsend Coleman. Um, oh, who, good. Whom? Uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm I'm trying to look for the thing that he was in because I recognize that name, but I'm having a hard time. He was in the it. Tick, wasn't he? Uh, was that the Tick? Like, maybe. No. Hang on a sec. I'm I'm gonna try to find it. He's in Darkwing Duck. He's he's in a lot of stuff. Dave Barbarian, Danny Phantom, Dexter's Laboratory. There, if you go down his Wikipedia page, Townsend Coleman's, it's always additional voices. Yeah, he's in the Tick. Yeah, he's in the Tech. The Tech. Yeah, he was. Case. He was. He was the Tick before. Uh... No, he was the Tick. He was the Tick. Who he was? Yeah. Okay. Fair nailed enough. It. Glad to hear it. I nailed it, Ben. You did. You got it in one. Oh, he's also Gobo. Oh, amazing! Yeah, yeah. I I just thought those. I thought that the thug voices were very funny because they reminded me of King Arthur and the Knights of Justice. It passed me by. I didn't notice them at all. If you ever go watch an episode and the misfits are like looking for a contact named like Cheesy or or Stench Blossom or something like that. <laughs> yeah, and they have these sometimes. They like, how can we cheat the best? And then some weaselly looking nerd who uh, who just like. Could have been Randall from uh, Recess's son or something like that comes in and he's like, I have just the idea. And they're, they're always fantastic, stupid voices. Yeah, I didn't notice any of this. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's worth it's worth looking up an episode to try to find one of these idiots because I think the all voices right. are funny in the same way that uh, King Arthur and the Knights of Justice, all the voices, all the, like the warlord voices were just idiots. Right. Yeah. No, or all not. the or all the knights were like different like low intellect stereotype voices uh-huh like the jersey accents it's very it it, it it put a smile on my face oh good well great i think that the, in general the voices were pretty good though like i like the misfit being like very i don't know there's like a real rage and a vengeance behind her voice yeah yeah there's that clear villainy to it yeah, and, and gems is very appropriate as well. You know, like hopeful, if if you proactive, like if there was a plot where they turned and became friends, like she would still have that. Yes, like you can't get rid of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think I think I am out of it. I think I am out of stuff to say. Mm-hmm. Zane, but let's let's yeah, let's round this up. How how do you feel about the show overall? Gem and the holograms is a fine show. Uh, certainly on the upper tier of stuff that uh, it was contemporaneous with. Um, yeah, I, I think, this is top shelf 80s programming in my book. I think a lack of characterization in the minor characters um, or, or supporting characters like the rest of the band hurt a bit. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they were trying to do a reboot that they would put a lot more effort in there. It doesn't um, surprise me that DuckTales was more popular than this, um, but... I think that most of that, a lot of that can be owed to the fact that the demographic was just kind of niche. Like, I I think they did try to target the elusive female cartoon watching demographic and nailed it pretty spot on. It's just that that demographic was not that extensive at the time. For me, the highlights were the music videos. But here's the thing. I like, like I went on YouTube and found a list of all of them. And when you're just clicking around on random ones, like, like the context of the shows makes those better and it adds to that sort of um, sim- symbolism that I mentioned. Yeah, you wouldn't put this on like a Spotify or anything like that. This this is a cohesive whole that, that it works really well. Um, I don't think you can really pick and choose parts of this. Yeah, in, it, in, it's inextricable. Without possibly damaging part of it. That makes sense to me. 
You might say that it has good synergy. I uh, I mean the the the, the main theme theme song is also like that. Like the what makes that so awesome is the is the visuals. Mm-hmm. Um, if anybody is interested in the show and are wondering why we love the theme song so much, just go watch the theme song. It'll make sense. And maybe it won't make sense if you're just listening to it, you know? Mm-hmm. But we will put in the theme song maybe twice or three times because it's great. <laughs> anyway. All right. Uh, yeah. Really, really good. Thank you so much, Jessica, for recommending this recommend to us. It, yeah. I would not have I would not have seen it. Yeah, it wouldn't have would not have occurred to me. Yeah, it, it wouldn't have shown up on either of our radars, and I'm so glad it has. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll try to keep a more open mind about shows that sound so dumb, like a Gem, Gem and the Hologram sounds like a, it's a really stupid title. <laughs> but uh, no, it's actually great. Got to get one last dig in there before. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I mean, I can't be positive all the time, Zane. Yeah, um, uh, that, that's that's not interesting podcasting. What am so, I saying? What are we watching next time? <laughs> oh God, uh, I don't remember. Um, next time, no, we're no, no. Gonna... So we are going to try to have a, a guest on next time um, from Silphscope, Silph Radio, Silph Radio podcast. Yeah, guys at Silph Radio podcast, whom I, I I really like that concept for a podcast, and I can't wait to have them on. I don't know if it'll happen this next time, but we want to watch Clerks with them. Yes, uh, we had to switch this and that episode around, but um, yeah, we're looking forward to that. Yeah, if and it may not it doesn't... happen. Thankfully, it doesn't require a huge like input of effort to watch Clerks. No, it's like four. It's like four episodes, isn't it? <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and then for our ninety fifth well, episode, wait. do we have a backup in case we can't manage to get the scheduling right? Um, do you want to just like record a little clip now, as if we did? Mm, nah. I mean, like, let's just say we may not be doing that next time, but hopefully we will. Okay. Uh, and then after that. Uh, for our 95th, we have our bootlegged segment again. We're doing a movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're biting the bullet. We're going <laughs> to... Yeah, we've talked about it. This has been this has been a long time coming, Zane. Look, what's we what's the watch... deal with the bootlegged segment? What What do you mean, what's the deal with what's it? What's the like, what deal is... with the bootlegged segment? Ah. Uh, yeah, see? Well, we are finally going to watch the infamous B movie. <laughs> it's not infamous. <laughs> we just talk about it a lot for no reason. It's it's widely infamous, <laughs> known to many as a movie that is infamous. Yep, deified uh, through legend. But yes, this is uh, Jerry Seinfeld made a movie about what it would be like uh, to be a bee, and a lot of bee puns. Yeah, this is past the era in which he was, uh, when, when he enjoyed passion and glitter, fortune and fame, and needed to pay the bills, and was a bee, and... Uh, how did I describe it to you and Andrew earlier on? I, I described it to Andrew as Jerry Seinfeld is a bee and he falls in love with not Jerry Seinfeld, not a bee. <laughs> yeah. And like, that's the most I can say about it. B Jerry Seinfeld falls in love with, falls in love with not B not Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> that is how <laughs> I if you would like, If you would like to say it just now that I'll, I'll edit that. No, no, that's fine. I, I, I'll, you can cut it up however you want. But uh, yeah, I just wanted that to go on record. I don't think it's very, like, it has, like, a perfect 50% on Rotten Tomatoes or something. I don't think it's yeah, going to be good. I I think it's funny. I'm, I can't wait. I think it's yeah, funny it that enjoyed, we want to talk about it. It has enjoyed a uh, resurgence of attention in the past couple of years due to its heavily uh, heavy use in memes, so that'll be interesting to talk about. Let, let's let's put a marker for, like, trying to remember to discuss meme culture in, in relation to B-Movie, because I haven't <laughs> seen these memes. 
Um, oh, ben. I don't I don't glean to that meme. So if you want to, they shoot are a couple devastating. More away. <laughs> What's that? Like, just your life gets drained away when the more you look at them, the more you meme. The I, more uh, you meme. Yeah, the, uh, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I remember that movie being pretty not good. It's it is outrageous. I remember the first part being good, where we're just like looking at bee culture. That's all I have. What? You were there? Yeah, I don't know what you meant. <laughs> uh, I just remember like the first part being like Jerry Seinfeld's in a hive and they're all like waiting to figure out what their function in the hive is going to be. Oh yeah, like any any insect movie is going to have like the a part lot of it about, that's like, like an like like a bug's life or or ants or whatever. Yeah, like what's my job? How does this society work? God, all right, the way you say any insect movie up. makes me realize how many of these fucking things Pixar has done. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, in any case, uh, that that pretty much does it for our show. If you like the Cartoncast, um, please go to ratings and review on iTunes and drop us uh, a very nice or very hateful card. Either way, we will be able to get some feedback through that, and that's great. Um, we if you, very nearly got through an episode without sirens, Ben. We I are so only, close. Don't worry about it. They're probably not really there. It's just a hologram. <laughs> oh, that's right. An audible hologram. Uh yeah, and if you want to go to our Facebook page, go ahead and leave us a comment about either Clerks, the animated series, or a B or B movie. Wow, that they're just getting louder and louder. I <laughs> am wondering whether or not I should stop or maybe just talk over it for a while. I think this has got to be the loudest it's going to get. Okay, it seems to be retreating. My Doppler machine is confirming. I've got a radar gun here. How long are you going to let me do this? Just vamp until the sirens go away, I wonder. Nobody knows for sure. I don't know for sure. I don't know myself. Am I and really, I'm Zane. Am I really Jan? Am I really Gem? Um, okay, so yeah, drop us a line at Facebook. Go to our website, cartoncast.com, or you can go to our new podcast network that we are still currently setting up, but should be um, getting better and better every day. At the very least, I'm trying to improve its functionality. Hopefully, there will be comment pages that you can use to leave us a comment and that would be really cool at uh, fancybat.com my friend Spelled like it sounds looks like what you think it is my friend 80 recently came up with some sketches to try to get uh, a logo on there they look really great um, I will nice. have them up by the time you guys listen to this so go ahead and check them out so that you can tell me how good her artwork is mm, thank you oh yeah and until next time let's see what Jim has top in the charts and we just put then, a song in. Then we put another one of those. Then we put another one in. Then we put another one in. <laughs> <laughs>